You know, on week one, we talked about God's original creation. And we saw some incredible things, how that God, when he created man, he created man to have dominion, to have sovereign authority on this earth, and to subdue and conquer. That's why you as a child of God, who have been made the righteousness of God in Almighty God, in, in, in Jesus, you have this yearning in your heart to not put up with what's going on on the outside, but that we speak the word of God and we see the truth of the word change facts in our life to come in line. This virus is an example. We've been redeemed from sickness and disease. So we don't have to fear this virus. This virus cannot live in us because we're children of God. We've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. We've been redeemed from poverty and lack. Here's the cool thing. We've been redeemed from spiritual death. We've been made brand new in Christ. He was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. So we talked about God's original creation, and we talked about how Adam and Eve, as they sinned, they died spiritually, which opened the door for sin to come into this world and death to come in, and that's when we see all sickness and disease and all problems. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus got everything back and more that Adam gave up. And so we're going to talk about that. We went into week two, we talked about God's plan of redemption, where he sent Jesus to redeem us by being made a curse for us. You need to know, child of God, your sins were not covered. You're not an old sinner saved by grace. Oh, that old man that I was, who's gone and buried and never to be revived again, was a sinner. But I was born again, you were born again to newness of life. All of our sin was condemned in the body of Jesus. Our message, the gospel message that we carry to this world is that Jesus died for your sin. He loved you so much, he took your place so that you could have his life right now on this earth and then spend eternity with him in heaven. Isn't that good news? So we talked about that, God's plan of redemption. In week three, we started talking about this righteousness where Jesus was made to be sin with my sin so that I would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Him. And, and how I was made righteous, how I became unaccusable, how I became brand new, all I had to do was simply believe what God said, that Jesus came and he died in my place on a cross 2,000 years ago, that he rose from the dead and now he's seated in heaven at God's right hand. He's my Lord and my Savior and I'm his child. I was born again, made the righteousness of Almighty God by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. I was made righteous through faith. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. I could never be good enough. But Jesus was good enough. 
And so I was made righteous because of what he did. Tonight, I really want to talk about how that we reign in life through righteousness. It's so important that we know our position. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about our identity now as children of God. Those that have been made righteous, you need to know this. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1 in verse 1. In John 1, 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you jump down to verse 14 for time's sake, we start to see who this Word is. And it says here, well, actually, let's look at verse 4 before we go to verse 14. It talks about in verse 4, it says, In him was life. This Greek word life, it's the Greek word zoe. It means the very life of God. In Jesus was the very zoe life of God. And the life was the light of men. Verse 14 now. And the word was made flesh. You know, if you go to the book of Revelations, you find out Jesus' eternal name is the Word of God. But the Word of God, Jesus, took upon Himself flesh. Why did He do that? Because He had to be a sinless sacrifice to redeem mankind from sin, the sin nature, from spiritual death. So he took upon himself a physical body. And it says here, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the Bible says. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. He was full of grace and he was full of truth. That's who Jesus was when he was on the earth. And then he said this in John chapter 10, in verse 10. He, he came to, I call this verse the dividing line in the Bible. You could divide theology, the theology of God, this way. Jesus said this, the thief comes, talking about Satan. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That tells us where this coronavirus came from. It tells us where all sickness and disease, all poverty and lack, all sin, all death, it all came from the enemy. He's the one. He's a thief. And he comes to steal and to kill and destroy. So if anything is stealing, killing, and destroying in your life, it's not God, it's Satan. He, now, he might use people, circumstances, situations, but we see very clearly in the epistles that we don't wrestle against people, natural things. We wrestle against these principalities and powers. Satan is behind all of it. But then in John 10.10, 10, Jesus said this, but I have come that they, talking about us, might have life, zoe, 
the eternal life of God and that they might have it more abundantly. In other words, we have too much of the life of God. Why? It's because God is a too much God. He's the God of more than enough. You have enough Zoe life for your life and for every person you come in contact with. So child of God, you're going to yield all your fruit in your season. And this is the season. This is your season. This is your time. So rise up and be the child of God that you're to be as you go to work, as you go to the grocery stores, as you're out in your world, look for God to open up opportunities for you. Invite people to watch these broadcasts. Disciple people that you lead to Christ. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Do the work of Jesus. That's what he's called us to do. We are the body of Christ. We are his mouth. We are his hands. We are his feet. That's who we are. So now we know who Jesus is. But now let's see who we are in him as born-again believers. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 in verse 29. Romans chapter 8 in verse 29. It says this, For whom he did foreknow. That means to know beforehand. Who is he talking about? He knew every person who has ever lived, who is alive on the earth right now, and who will ever live. He foreknew everyone. For who he knew, for who he, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. This Greek word means he predetermined and he preplanned something for those individuals. What individuals? Every person who's ever lived, who's not alive today, every person who's alive today, and every person who will ever live. He preplanned something for all of us. He preplanned for them, for us to be conformed to the image of his son. This word conformed means to be fashioned like unto. This word image means the very resemblance and representation of his son. Child of God, God pre-planned for you to be fashioned into the image and resemblance and representation of Jesus. You are to be just like him. Now, we're not the creator of the earth and the universe. We're not God. But we are his child and we're in Christ. We are to walk on this earth the same way he walked. Fearless, strong, always in faith, never fearful, dripping with the strength of God and the love of God full of mercy and compassion, gracious. That's who you and I are. And the Holy Spirit's ministry is to pull on the outside who we are 
on the inside. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it tells us how that happens. It says, but we all, with an open face, this Greek word means an unveiled face, it says, beholding as in a glass. That Greek word glass is translated mirror. So the Word of God, we behold the Word of God like it's a mirror. The Bible says as we peer into God's Word like a mirror, His will is that now we are, as we behold as in this mirror, what do we behold? The glory of the Lord. It says, as we behold His glory, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, saints, as we peer into God's Word, the Holy Spirit down on the inside of us brings revelation of His Word and opens His Word and we see it and know it or I should say this correctly, His Word is Him, so we see Him and we know Him. And now our spirit man communicates that to our mind and it renews our mind and what's on the inside. The very image of Christ shows on the outside. This is how we walk in strength. We're continuously strengthened inwardly in the Lord and in the power of His might. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible to me because I believe what His Word said. Isn't that wonderful? That is the message. Oh, friends, you may have heard, well, God's, God's good sometimes, but sometimes, you know, you just never know what He's doing because His ways are higher. Does it say his ways are higher in the word of God? Absolutely. But you got to keep reading because it goes on to say that he reveals his ways by his spirit. With God, there's no gray area. He's a revealer. His, he's always good. He's not good to some and not others. He's good to all. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because there's an enemy that steals and kills and destroys. Well, our, but pastor, our, isn't God sovereign? He is sovereign. And here's rule number one that he set up in this earth for sovereignty. That he's given us a will and our will trumps his will in the earth. That means that a man or a woman can choose what to do on their own, and God won't stop them. Has God stopped you from sinning? The Bible says it's God's will that everybody be saved. But even while we've been meeting this morning, there's been people that have left this planet, lost for eternity, went to a place called hell that God never created for man. He created it for Satan and his fallen angels that rebelled. God doesn't even send them to hell. He honors their right and their, their decision to go there. But oh, their whole life, he'll reach out to them. So, so we need to see these things. We are to be like Jesus. It goes on to say, if you look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, it, it literally says, be ye therefore followers of God 
as dear children. This word follower literally means an imitator. In other words, God's will for your life is that you imitate him. You love the unloving. You do good to people that despitefully use you. We can do that because we love unconditionally like our Father. Well, how can we do that? Well, because Romans 5.5 5 says that when I received Christ and was made righteous and made a brand new spirit man, that Romans 5.5 5 says the Holy Spirit on the inside of me shed abroad the love of God, the unconditional love of God in my heart. So now I walk in the love of God, which enables me to walk by the faith of God and to walk in the strength of God, and which gives me the sensitivity and positions me to be led by the Spirit of God so that I can walk out Zoe life. This is how it works. And I believe a great revelation of it is growing in your heart right now. Oh, I could sense it in my spirit. There are people sitting right where you are tonight, that God's talking to you that it's time. It's time that He has first place in your life. Oh, church, don't try to figure out how to do that. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into it. God's not mad at you today. God loves you and believes in you. He's wooing you by His Spirit right now. And he'll pull out every plant, every lie of the enemy that was planted in your life. He'll uproot it so all of a sudden you walk in the freedom where Jesus set you free. In 1 John chapter 2, in verse 6, he goes on to say about our identity. Look how many times it says this in the Word of God. In 1 John 2, 6 it says, He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. You and I are to be Jesus. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, Philip, one of his disciples, came to him, one of the, one of the followers of Jesus, came to him and said, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. And no doubt Jesus, you could see it in the language, he looked at Philip bewildered and he said, Philip, have you been so long with me and you're asking me, show you the Father? And then he said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, church, listen, we are to say to people, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. Why? Because he's dripping out. I'm in him. I'm telling you, Paul was right. In Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, I live. But then he goes on to say, but he says, but wait a minute, but it's not I who live, it's Christ who is living in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. We are to be Jesus to this world. Now look at what happened when you and I received Christ. When we simply came to him and said, Jesus, I believe that you lived on this earth and died on a cross in my place. I believe your father rose you from the dead on the third day and you're seated in heaven right now. 
and I proclaim with my mouth, you are Lord of all, and you are my Lord. And right now, I receive you as my Lord. Come into my heart and make me new. When that happens, you, the Holy Spirit of God, comes right into your physical body, takes out that spiritually dead spirit that you were, brings a brand new, puts a brand new spirit. You're born again, and you're born again free, made in His image. And the Holy Spirit takes up residency in your heart, sheds the love of God abroad in your heart. While all that's happening, Colossians 1.3 is going on. It says in Colossians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, not chapter 3, or not verse 3. Colossians 1.13, it says, Who hath, past tense, delivered us from the power of darkness. This word, this phrase, power of darkness, in the Greek it means he's delivered us from the delegated influence of darkness. In other words, darkness has no more influence in my life. Satan, you're done. You're under my feet. You don't dictate anything in my life anymore. And then it, that's not enough, though. See, redeemed means you're not just taken out of the delegated influence of darkness, but you're put somewhere. It says this, and hath translated us. This means I've been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. I am now in the kingdom of God. There's no lack, there's no sickness, there's no disease in that kingdom. As I realize that I've been made the righteousness of Almighty God, I am now a citizen of heaven, I'm an ambassador for Christ, I've been made free. I realize now that whatever, whatever sickness and disease is, tries to come against me or is in my body, whatever poverty and lack, whatever, whatever comes against me that's not of God, it has to bow to the name of Jesus, of, who I, of whose I am and of whom I live for and live with. It says in Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Not only has he transferred you into the kingdom of God, who hath, at the same time, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God can't bless you with any other spiritual blessing. You've been blessed with all of them. They are all on the inside of you right now. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will bring them all out in your life as you follow Him. But it even gets better if you go over to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter 1, 3 says, not only has He blessed you with all spiritual blessings, but in 2 Peter 1, 3 it says, according as His divine power hath, once again, past tense, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So notice, if you have 
have been transferred, that means you're already transferred. If you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, that's already happened. If you've already been given 2,000 years ago everything that pertains to life, natural life, and godliness, you have it all right now. It's all in you. In the 23rd Psalm, it, it, it explains it. It says that the Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's laid out a plan for your life. Everything you need has already been given to you. It's not a matter of God giving it anymore. He's already given it. And as you get his word in your heart, faith is birthed so that you can use your faith to reach in and grab and take possession of those things that he's already given you in Christ. All things that pertain to life and godliness. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your peace. He's your joy. He's your future. It's wonderful. It says here, all of these things light that pertain to life and godliness, they come through the knowledge of Him. As we gain knowledge of who God is. John 17.3 says eternal life is knowing the one true God and Jesus, His Son whom He sent. As we gain knowledge of God, all these things that pertain to life and godliness are able to come out of that spirit realm into this natural realm so that we possess them and walk in them. Why? Through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. You have been called by God Almighty to glory. The glory of God is the presence of God. You are called to walk in the presence of God for all eternity, starting right now in your life. But also to virtue. That word virtue means excellence. He brings excellence into your life. Isn't that good news? I love that. So I want, you know, before we go on with this, I, I, I just feel stirred in my spirit. I want to read the 91st Psalm to you. Because guys... If you're in Christ, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is for you. Psalm 91, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Let it just wash over you. I want to encourage you to read this, meditate. The author of this psalm is Moses. And here is what it says. Hallelujah. He that dwelleth, this means he that sits, he that dwells continually in the secret place, wow, of the Most High. It's a, it, this, this word secret place, it's a place of meditation. It's a place of peace. The secret place. The secret place is in Christ. If you're born again, you're in the secret place. So tonight you know that. This is talking about you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide. You'll live under the shadow of the Almighty. That means you're never out of His shadow, which means He's with you always. Isn't that good news? This person is abiding beyond the reach of the enemy. It's beyond the reach of a flu virus. It's beyond the reach of anything the enemy could bring against you. Child of God, you got to know tonight you're there. So just thank God for that. You know, they tell us to wash our hands. And they say that you should take about 20 seconds to wash your hands, to do it thoroughly. You know, instead of counting the 20, why don't you do this? Why don't you memorize the 91st Psalm? Because guess about how many seconds it would take you to quote the 91st Psalm? About 20 seconds. I want to encourage you, child of God, get this deep in your spirit. This place, this person that's abiding here says, I will say of the Lord. In other words, one translation, if you look at the Hebrew language, it could be translated, I will, be, I will say of the Lord, but it also can be translated, I will say to the Lord. So in other words, this person is speaking to God and he's speaking about God. In other words, if you abide, you'll speak. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Child of God, trust is always expressed in rest. We're never stressed, we're always at rest. It says, verse 3, Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. This word pestilence, noisome pestilence in the Hebrew language means an epidemic or a disease. An epidemic, that's what we're facing right now. God's saying, surely I'll deliver you from this. Verse 4, He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth. We know that as a New Testament believer, we could say it this way, His word shall be thy shield and buckler. This word shield, it literally means to be surrounded by a shield. And the word buckler literally means armor. Isn't that amazing? We're literally surrounded. Truth surrounds us. Truth is our armor. It's the armor of God. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. COVID-19 walks in darkness. We don't have to fear it. Nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Look at this. A thousand 
shall fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. That means it's all around you, but you're not surrounded by it only. Within that, you're surrounded by God. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. Because you decided to make him your habitation. When did you decide that? You decide it when you get saved and every moment of every day after that. Because you've decided that, it says, verse 10, there shall no evil, part of this word evil means disaster, no disaster, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. These are a type of the enemy. Verse 14, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. The commentary on this verse is this. Walking in a revelation of God's love for you enables you as a believer to believe him so that you can possess the inheritance that he's provided for you. Wow. See, this is why we live a life of worship. Because worship is setting our heart on God. And I live a life of worship. As I walk through life, I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. It says in verse 15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This word salvation literally means healing and deliverance from all the effects of sin. God says with long life, I'm going to satisfy you and I'm going to show you my salvation, which is healing and deliverance from all the effects of sin. Isn't that amazing? God loves us. Hallelujah. God loves us so much. So now as we get back to talking about righteousness, look at what it says. So you are a righteous child of God. You've been taken out of the delegated influence of darkness, put in the kingdom of God, given all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, given everything that pertains to life and godliness. So I walk like Jesus walked. So look at what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned 
by one. The, this is talking about Adam's offense. Death reigned because of his sin. It says much more. And literally, in the Greek language, this, this phrase, much more, means it's so much more that you can't even compare it. They which receive. This means to take hold of and act upon. The abundance of grace, which is the finished work of Jesus, and of the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life. This means they'll reign. They'll have a full and superior dominion in the Zoe life of God by one, Jesus Christ. We reign in Him and by Him. Isn't that good news? Dominion. We have the right and power to conquer, to rule, to govern and control. The circumstances of our life don't dictate us. The authority in the name of Jesus coming out of our mouth dictates our life. That's why Jesus said, or that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, life and death is in the power of your tongue. See, we decide. Well, I don't know about you. Actually, church family, I do know about you. We choose life. Amen? It's how we live. One thing that is holding more Christians back, holding more Christians who are free, holding them in bondage, is a lack of knowledge of righteousness. They don't know that they are righteous. They're looking at their life. They're looking at outward things to define who they are instead of letting the Word of God and their Creator define who they've been made. Righteousness, if you look at Paul's revelation given to him by Jesus himself, righteousness is the key word to that revelation. But the reason why Satan is able to reign in the lives of some Christians is they don't realize that they have a part to play. Church, you have to awaken to righteousness. I believe at Faith Family Church, and I believe in the body of Christ, there's a great awakening that's happening, which will usher in a great revival of the church, which will bring in a great harvest of souls in our day right now. Awaken to righteousness. Know who you are. Know that you're not an old sinner saved by grace. No, you've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. Romans chapter 5, if you go down a few verses to verse 21, it says that as sin hath, raised, hath reigned unto death, even so might grace, the finished work of Jesus, reign through righteousness unto eternal life. Child of God, when you know that you've been made the righteousness of Almighty God, that God loves you enough and cares for you enough that He made you the righteousness of Himself in Christ, and you know that He's for you and with you and will see you through to the end, I'm telling you, nothing can stop you. 
and fear will never have place in your life again. Because the grace of God, it reigns through righteousness unto eternal life, which Jesus gave us. Now in Romans chapter 5, if you go back to the beginning of that chapter, in verse 1 and 2, it says this, Therefore, being justified by faith. This word justified means, therefore, being declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's not mad at you tonight. There's nothing he can be mad at you for. He condemned all your sin in the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago. He's not mad at you tonight. That is the road for you to walking holy before him and walking free before him. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Wow. The grace of God causes me to stand. I can't be moved. It causes me to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We learn from this verse of Scripture, number one, we have peace with God. Because we have peace with God, we have access by faith into the grace of God, which causes us to stand immovable against everything in our life. And it causes us, number three, to rejoice in what? In hope of the glory of God. The Bible says of Jesus in John 1.14 that we read, we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. The glory of God is what manifested out of Jesus' life. This verse is telling us because we have peace with God and because now we have access through faith into this grace which causes me to stand immovable, now I have hope. That's a confident, joyous expectation that the same glory that came out of Jesus is going to come out of my life. That it's no longer I that live, but that it's Christ which lives in me. And this life that I'm now living in the flesh, I'm living it by the faith of the Son of God. You'll see Jesus all over me. That's what we're talking about here tonight. We have access by faith into this grace. It causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. If we jump over to Acts chapter 20 in verse 32, I love this verse. Acts 20, 32. It says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So what is grace? See, because 
I've been declared righteous. Now I could stand in the presence of my Father without any sense of guilt or shame as if sin has never existed before in my life. And now I can walk in the grace of God, which is God doing for me what I could never do for myself. Grace is literally a divine deposit of the ability of God in a believer which produces outward manifestations of God's glory. Let me say that again. The grace of God is a divine deposit of the very ability of God into a believer which produces outward manifestations of the glory of God. God puts grace in me to get glory out of me and it brings glory to His name and shows the world Jesus. Grace is a source of power that produces inward strength in my life. That's how I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Oh church, we got to meditate on this because our strength is not our own. It's grace of which I have been given. I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I've been literally given everything that pertains to life and godliness. I have it all right now. And the grace of God, it's a source of power. It produces inner strength in my life. And it produces outward manifestations of the glory of God. This inward strength in the life of a believer, it enables him to experience victory and rest in every test, in every trial, in every temptation, and in every circumstance that that individual will ever face in their life. Let me say that again. So important that you get this. This inward strength, the grace of God, it literally enables you and I as believers to experience God's victory and rest in every test, every trial, every temptation, and every circumstance. Guys, we've already won. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. It says in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, it tells us how we got saved. In Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace are you saved. It's the Greek word sozo. It means, for by grace are you delivered, protected, healed, preserved, and made whole. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. See, we can't work for it. We've been given it freely. Freely we've received, freely give. It's how we live. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it lays it out. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. This word creature means an original form. There's never been one like you and never will be one like you. You're one of a kind. 
old things are passed away. That's the sin nature. It's gone. Behold, all things are become new. The capacity now that we have because of this, we can see Jesus. We can see others. Here's a big one. We can see ourselves in their true light. That is the byproduct of this inner transformation, this us being made new. See, now we see the world not as it is, but as you are. See, I look at the world now through all things are possible. God is a God who opens doors that no man can shut, shuts doors that no man can open. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing will stop me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I'll condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, as a child of God. And the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. The word is very clear about this. And then if you jump down, to verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus took all of the weight and burden and judgment of all of our sin and the sin nature, all the sickness and disease, all the result of sin, he took it all, and he was made to be sin for us so that we would be made the very righteousness of God in him. We call that redemption. We call that the great exchange. You have been redeemed. We do not become righteous like it's a process. We're made righteous instantly. You received the gift of righteousness when you got saved. How precious is that gift it costs god the death of his son for you and i to be made righteous romans chapter 3 verse 23 says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god see this whole chapter in romans chapter 3 paul is instructing them in righteousness see because we focus on sin we know more about sin than we know about righteousness we've been bought out of sin we're aware of what we've been born out of, but are we really aware of what we've been born into? I've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. Oh yes, we preach a cross doctrine. That's great. That's where it all happened for us. But we also need to preach a throne doctrine because we're seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ. In other words, righteousness is a free gift of God provided by Jesus at Calvary through the grace of God. Hallelujah. The word translated righteousness literally means to be in right standing. It means you and I have a right to everything that God's provided. Not in my own righteousness, but I stand in His righteousness. So you have a right to be healed. You have a right to be delivered. You have a right to have all things be made new in your life. You have a right to have a bright future in God. Satan will tell you you don't have a right, but you do because you're righteous. 
Righteousness isn't what you do. Righteousness is who you are, who you've been made. Hallelujah. Right now, you know, I said this earlier, that righteousness is literally the ability to stand before your Father with no sense of guilt or inferiority, as if sin never existed. Do you know right now, we are standing in Christ right before the Father. Righteousness is our position. You'll never be more righteous than when you receive Jesus. As you grow in the knowledge of His Word, you become more aware of what righteousness means. See, through our traditional and religious thinking, we confuse righteousness with holiness. Righteousness is who you are. Holiness has to do with your conduct. You'll never be able to walk holy if you don't know who you've been made. But if you understand and walk saying, I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ, you'll walk holy before God. Hallelujah. You know, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, going on with this thought, says this. In Colossians 1.12, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light in light. Verse 13, who hath delivered us. Hallelujah. We talked about this earlier. From the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Luke 12, 32 says, it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So when a man accepts Jesus, he's moved into a new position as he's born again, as he's a child of God. He enters the kingdom of God as God's very own child and a joint heir with Jesus. That's who we are. In the kingdom of God, there's certain rights and privileges and freedoms that we have as God's children. That now He's our provider. Poverty and lack has no place in our life. Sickness and disease cannot live in our bodies anymore if we'll believe it. You have a right to everything in the kingdom, but we got to realize that we choose whether or not to participate. And how do we participate? Verse 12 says he's made us able to participate, to be a partaker of this inheritance. How did he do that? Oh, the grace of God reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. When I realize that I've been made the righteousness of God and I'm positioned to receive all that he's given me, now I can partake of my salvation. Isn't that good news? God is for you tonight. He's with you tonight. Choose to participate. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to finish by reading a couple scriptures to you out of Isaiah. In Isaiah 32, in verse 17, it says this, Isaiah 32, 17, and the work, this means the transaction or the action 
of righteousness shall be peace. If righteousness was a tree, peace would be the fruit of it. The work of righteousness which you've been made is to bring the peace of God in your life. In your life and out of your life. The work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect, this this Hebrew word means the result of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. In other words, the result of righteousness is rest. See, peace is not a feeling. Feelings, incredible feelings, are a result of peace. As you walk in the righteousness of God, you'll experience the peace of God. See, fear is not is a result of not knowing about righteousness or failing to act on your right standing with God. Fear results when we don't walk in our righteousness. Fear will always open the door to oppression. Hallelujah. The Bible says in closing here in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1 through verse 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew Him not. Verse 2, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Verse 3, And every man that has this hope in Him purifies himself, even as He is pure. See, so this is why we, we, we have to meditate on these scriptures. We are now as He is, righteous, holy, completely loved and and accepted by the Father. The Father has accepted me in Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? I hope this builds you up and encourages you this morning. I hope, it is my hope and prayer for you that you'll walk in this, that you'll be the man or woman of God, the child of God that you're to be that you'll yield all of your fruit in your season. I believe that now is the time. 2020 will be a great year, the greatest year in your life. Make that decision tonight to give your life to Christ. Put Him first place so that He can walk you into all of this.